Alrighty, hello everyone. Welcome. I am with one of my favorite people who I met a couple years ago, I think. Um, Lars May, welcome to my podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here despite being in the quarantine. What better time than to record and have a good conversation? I know it's so true. And I, I just love talking to you because you're a ray of sunshine and you just you bring the best positive vibes. Oh, I feel the same way about you. Can't wait to bring them back in real time, you know? I know. It's it's crazy. How how have you been during um the coronavirus and, and staying home? Yeah, no, honestly, I think, you know, there's kind of a lot of different ways to look at this. I think for me, you know, a lot of things are canceled, like speaking engagements and just fundraisers and a bunch of different activities. And in a way, I'm sort of looking at it as a blessing because I think that we move so quickly that sometimes we forget to stop and really strategize and also just reflect on our own individualized journeys. And so I've been really using this time to just create and, you know, connect with people and do things that really bring me joy that I really just haven't had the time to do. And so it's been ultimately like a really beautiful mm-hmm. experience of course it can be you know dark on and in some days of, but all in all I feel lucky to have an optimistic approach and you know I just want to be able to help as many people as possible right now I think it's you know it's I feel grateful for where I'm at but it's very hard to to feel like you can't save the world <laughs> absolutely I mean you do so much for for other people. Before we we jump into that, I would love for you to share with everyone your background. And I I know um, personally that you you started your career in the fashion industry. So could you give me your background and, and how you got started in that? And then we'll, we'll shift over to um, your engagement with mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So I, thanks to social media, always thought that fashion was the world that I wanted to go into. Um, I always loved arts and entertainment, was an actor at a young age and found that when I was in college, a way that I could break into the fashion world was through using technology and by creating a fashion blog. And so I did that when I was a freshman in college and, and sort of moved to New York and LA in the summers and was able to to work with different brands and cover fashion week. And it was amazing. Uh, however, uh, the more that technology and fashion uh, came to the forefront, the more and more I neglected my own mental health. And so I had struggled with chronic depression really since I was, you know, 16 years old and never really faced it. And, you know, finally had a breaking point after coming home from fashion week and realized that, you know, technology was making it harder for me to connect with myself. And during my time of isolation and and losing everything, all of my friends and kind of looking myself, you know, straight in the eye, I realized that I had a real responsibility and I could be a part of the solution or I could be a part of the problem. And I wanted to change the way that people told stories on social media um, and then started by really just sharing, you know, my real story, which was the other half the story. And then from there, I kind of just made the jump and stopped fashion blogging and, you know, started speaking at schools across the United States and realized that you know, there was an opportunity to do something bigger with this um, and create a nonprofit and try to educate young people to teach them how to build healthier relationships with technology and, and digital well-being as a whole. That's amazing. And, and what has your relationship with technology been like since with social media? Have you adjusted to a different type of lifestyle? Do you use it um, in different ways? Has it have you been able to benefit your nonprofit through technology? What's your relationship? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that ultimately, 
my relationship has, you know, definitely shifted and is much more of like, still kind of a love hate. Um, you know, technology has brought so many fantastic opportunities to the table for both me and half the story. And, you know, I still, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's the reason why I've met so many wonderful people. However, you know, I've really just changed my practices around it and, and really have become more mindful and, and have built a healthy relationship, but also just incorporating small things in my life so that I can have an ultimately a better experience with it. Um, just like anything else, like food or fitness, you have to develop a healthy relationship um, with those things in your life to, to be a well-rounded person. Right, exactly. And I think with what you're doing, it's easy to be on your phone all the time and, and reaching out and trying to help people. But it's important for ourselves when we're trying to help others to really take care of ourselves first, right? Absolutely. And I think that's like a, you know, that's a really, really good point. Um, I, I think that one of the things that I realized, and even too in this time of quarantine, is that like, if you don't take care of yourself, like you have nothing to give other people. And, and I'm sure that like, you've, you know, seen this yourself as someone that's also type A, and and like, even just as someone that has spent a lot of time like traveling and, and sort of, you know, being a model and being in entertainment, that right. can be really exhausting. And I think that this is like the real, uh, the first reset I've had in such a long time. And I'm recognizing that, you know, I didn't have much to give and like, I was pretty exhausted and pretty burnt out. And, and I mm -hmm. think that it's hard to stop when you have so much momentum. And, and that's sort of what this time is about is like recognizing like, what are my boundaries? How can I give to myself so that I can show up and be the best person or have a, you know, be a good guest on a, on a podcast or, you know, be a good right. speaker and, or be a good leader. And, you know, that's a, the, the thing that I think this time is really challenging us to to look at. I completely agree. And, and like you said, I am a type A person and it's so hard for me to be going all the time and having all these distractions and then to suddenly be still and not have a choice to necessarily leave. But I think it's been amazing for me in the sense that I'm forced to really look inwards and be one with my thoughts. I guess when I'm always trying to do things, it's it's helping me distract from what's really there and really getting to know myself in a way. So I, I agree with you. And I think there are, there have been silver linings to this, um, this pandemic. It's been, it's been helping me in, in that sense for sure. Yeah, no. And, and I guess I'm curious for you, like how have you, uh, you know, become one with yourself during this time. I think there's so many obstacles, like working from home, being with family. And I'm just right. curious, like what small things have you incorporated into your routine to make space? Because I oftentimes when like when I used to go home or when I do go home, I revert to like, you know, being a child and like those roles sort of right. tend to play out again. And so it's very difficult to like maintain that adult identity when you're, you know, back and with your family. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, one of the bigger things I'm doing is obviously this podcast. And it's something one of my friends mentioned I should do. And I was like, I don't really know about that. I, I don't even know if I like the way my voice sounds um, recording. <laughs> but I, I really find it to be the perfect time to do so and to connect with other people on a broader scale. So this has been really enjoyable for me because I haven't I mean who knows when we would have had one of our deep conversations like this and if it can help one other person or like spark something with that within them that's that's what what matters to me but I guess on a smaller scale I really like meditations that are guided so so listening to those having more time for for that playing around with that and then 
Um, journaling has also been something. I mean, I have all these empty journals just in my room and I have one for like my health and wellness and my diet. And then I have one for manifestation and, and creating like gratitude lists. So I've I've really been enjoying that and, and having more time to write. Um, and really my clothing line has been put on a pause because production is stopped with um, – with everything going on and, and for safety um, precautions and everything. So I'm really doing other yeah. things and, and it's allowed for me to, to dive deep into other interests, which, which has been good. But, but what have you been doing? I, I think you told me you were doing some type of arts and crafts. Yeah. I mean, I used to always write letters to people and you and Georgia are going to get them. Yes. <laughs> but you know, it's, it, I've been, you know, painting and writing letters every Sunday to people that I care about. Wow. And I've, you know, been cooking, like I FaceTime with my grandma and she, you know, it's her 80th birthday this year. And, you know, it's really sad because I'm not going to be able to be with her, but I've been able to use technology for good. And, you know, we made meatballs together on FaceTime and like, I'm never someone that has time to cook. Um, wow. Also too, just like, you know, taking things slower. Like I think I've asked, everything is so fast moving and mm -hmm. like, especially living in the city too, in New York. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't, need to move that fast and in fact like I think I'm happier not moving that fast and so you know it's really been about finding these small rituals that make everything you know a bit better like I have this book called the daily stoic and it's amazing I I'll send you a link but please yeah it's you know at for every day of the year there's a page and it's like a very small quote and sort of like a meditation but it more so just you know, helps you start your day with a shift in perspective um, and helps you get out of your own head. And, you know, it is a lot about philosophy. And so I've been, you know, spending more time with that page and, and really digesting that and, and trying to, you know, bring that into my life. But I think the biggest part has just been like letting go of time. Like there's so much that I've wanted to do. And I've usually just like you probably for the most part, right. you know, in control of like my destiny and I've been like this is the goal and now I'm gonna go get it and this is the timeline and like I've had to just let go of all of that mm -hmm. uh, which is like very liberating but also a challenge for someone like me and you know I'm just rolling with it like I'm just yeah. trying to like enjoy this because I think there are you know obviously this is a very challenging time but I think there are parts of this that I'll miss it someday because I'm you know, able to really slow down. <laughs> I completely agree. I mean, a lot of people are getting frustrated and they can't be with their friends and going out. And I'm totally fine with being home and loving that I have nothing on my schedule because I'm such a planner and I know I know you are too. So it's really um we're adjusting our mindset, which is which is kind of cool. And I'm I'm starting to love this this part of me I didn't even know existed, you know? You know, I know. It's like um it's like you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. And, and I think that's also another part of it too, is like, how do you fall in love with this like other part of your identity that isn't at the forefront? Like, you know, usually people are like, oh, like, you know, Kate or Lars, like they're X, Y, Z. And like right. now in this time, like there's almost like this equalization of society right. and that it's like, none of those things define you. It's really just the way that you make people feel. It's and so true. I mean, titles and labels. I mean, I'm, I get caught up with them, with them too, especially because I have famous celebrity parents and it's like, all right, what am I meant to do? I still don't know. But the fact that I'm still figuring that out and it's okay. And at the end of the day too, it's, it's, it's like you said, enjoying this time and, and really being around other people and making them feel good and, and surrounding yourself with, with good energy. Yeah. That's all anyone ever wants, right? It is like, 
you know, and, and I think that's it is like the person that I want people to remember me as is not, and this is sort of like what you think about in this time. It's like, it's the things that you do have control over, which is like, you know, the way that the energy you bring or the love or the compassion or like the small acts of kindness, like none of the other stuff is permanent. In fact, like all of that can be taken away from you in you know, one minute. And that's, you know, what's so crazy about it. And I think for so long, our society and including, I think, you know, even me has been so focused on like, where am I going in this career, or this goal or this thing? And it's like, you know, but now it's forcing us to look inward and, you know, go back to like, who was that person 20 years ago when none of this existed? Like someone that was creative and someone that, you know, was able to like, you know, just do things for fun and write letters to people. And like, that's like, what is so amazing is like, we're kind of remembering what it's like to be a human again, because we have no choice. And we have to collectively come together if we want to have a way forward. Definitely. That's, that's really beautiful. I love that. So tell me more about half the story and um, just how long it took you to get going, any tips you have for people looking to start a nonprofit and and where you're at now and, and how it's different from when you started or, or maybe how, you know, you didn't expect it to be and any information on that. Yeah. So there's kind of like a, a couple, like I always say there are like three things that I've learned on the journey. So one, if you have an idea, go for it. Like, you know, I always say like, do like, just figure it out along the way. The second thing is like, don't be afraid to pivot and don't be too precious in what you're holding on to. And the third is to like, always have diversified income streams. So um, you know, when I started half the story in college, it was like, I drew it on a piece of paper and like my friend made the logo and it was just kind of like a campaign. Right. And it was like low stakes art project, a lot of fun. And when I look back at that time, it was like so beautiful and like creative and there was like no pressure on it. Um, but then, you know, I realized that I kind of wanted to create like the sex out of social media and create a nonprofit out of that. And so get becoming a nonprofit for us was very different than other nonprofits because we had already been doing the work before we got the nonprofit. And that sort of like was so big for us. And we got the status in about three weeks because we had a lot of national press. And so that's why I say like, if you want to do something, especially nonprofit, start doing the work. And like, if you got recognition for it, it will be a lot easier to get the nonprofit status. Um, but you know how it's evolved. Like I, you know, I, I made it a nonprofit. We had a couple of fundraisers with brands. We produced Brain Food, which was a play about mental health and technology. We did a pilot program with schools. And, you know, I, I tried a lot of different things. And, you know, ultimately, like when you're starting a business, like you want to do things that can scale, right? And, you know, the play is amazing and so fun and a great exercise. But ultimately, there are only so many people that you can touch through that experience. And, right. you know, that's why in sort of shifting and, and going this educational route, like I hope that, you know, and in, in this year, you know, kind of brings more challenges that we'll be able to get the support that we need behind it to move that needle. Um, but now, like, because all of our fundraisers have been canceled this spring, like, I'm not going to be able to roll this out in the fall. But I've been able to stay open-minded. And when I spoke at Sundance this year, I met the president of a, a bigger global advertising agency. And, you know, he really connected with what we were doing and was, you know, basically like, hey, like we would take this project on um, and maybe we can think about how we can bring digital wellness to the advertising industry or the workplace. And so we're taking a slight pivot, but it's going to be really amazing because we're basically going to re we're going to write a set of guidelines around content for advertising 
advertisers and um, influencers and try to get mass adoption from major brands and advertising agencies that will hopefully launch as a part of, um, you know, CAN, which they've moved to October um, and like Ad Week and Mental Health Awareness Week in October. And so that is like an opportunity that, you know, I could have never planned for, right? Uh, but it really is like, has the opportunity to be the biggest thing for half the story. And if we do some sort of kickback with that, with major brands, all of our educational programming could be funded in, you know, half a year. So I think like, that's the thing is like, if you're not open-minded to pivot and shifting, like you just won't survive. And, you know, also like as like sort of the diversified income part of it is like, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to do a lot of things. And unless, you know, happen to get like a bunch of millions of dollars of funding, which obviously for a nonprofit is not really easy to do out of the gate. And so I've sort of, you know, been really lucky in that I've been like, you know, building my own speaking career and I've done this and worked on a couple of other startups uh, so that I'm able to really keep the ball rolling. Whereas like if all of my eggs were in this basket right now and I couldn't fundraise for the next two months and I had no other income streams, like I would be in trouble. And I think that's the thing that like young people don't realize are entrepreneurs is like you got to do everything it takes and you're going to have to work four times as hard. But like at the end of the day, it's worth it. That's really unbelievable advice. I'm I'm actually taking notes over here. <laughs> um, I'm learning from you. So you obviously have a huge leadership role. Are you working with other people? Do you have um, staff or, or employees um, at Half the Story? How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So I have um, you know three other girls on my team right now, and we have volunteers and a board of directors. So I'm essentially accountable to the board of directors. Um, you know, who kind of, you know, set the trajectory for this and, and keep it all rolling. Um, I basically have to report to them, create fundraising strategies for them, and then obviously manage the team. So it's been really interesting. And I think, you know, one of the things we're also thinking about is like potentially merging with another nonprofit, um, which is like a day, a national day of unplugging, like down the road and thinking about like, how could we bring our missions together? And you know, honestly, I'm taking it day by day. I think like this year on paper, like I thought it would look so different. And now it's like probably going to look very different. Uh, so I'm sort of just like kind of trying to focus on what I can and also think about like, could I write a book? Like what are other things I could do that could help bring the organization money during a time where, you know, people aren't going to have a lot of money to give and it's just going to be kind of like a weird world. Definitely. Yeah. I've also become really spiritual when the, within the last year. And I've noticed too, if you don't force things and things are meant to be, they just kind of flow easily. For example, when my friend said, why don't you start a podcast? I was like, wow, that is so not something I thought of. But I think if you allow yourself to open up energetically, then things start coming out of nowhere and in different signs. And, and, and it's pretty cool to see see what's out there, you know? Yeah, I know. And you have to like, you got to be open to it. And that's the thing is like, you know, you don't know, I could have never predicted that what's happening right now is hap could happen. And it is and you know, that's where that's where like, the that's where the true entrepreneurs show up. It's like, can you make it through the storms? Can you through, you know, the bad days, because there's many more bad days than there are good. And that's the reality the other half the story of entrepreneurship. Uh, and so I, I think it's inspiring. And I also think that like, you know, these times are going to make it a lot scarier and harder for people to become entrepreneurs. And, you know, it's I don't think you should give up, but I, and I don't think anyone should. But also it's like you have to be smart and, you know, that's where we are. But I think it's yeah, 
really fascinating. And, you know, I think it's so cool that you've done so much, like, you know, at such a young age as well. And like, that's why I think we also just totally get along because you've done so much and, you know, you, you too, it's like your model, like you have your your podcast, you have your clothing line, like you have so many different avenues, which is amazing. And like, it's, you know, I, I feel like it's, so cool and like you're so amazing to see how you know you create but also how like your family has inspired you to kind of become this um amazing artist and it's just yeah it's really really fun to be a part of you guys are such a fun crew well it's so sweet and and we love you um I thought it was really cool how we met too because it was at one of your events and Georgia brought me along she had been talking about you for months and I mean it was incredible do you remember that event that was that was really cool oh my gosh yeah that feels like a different world now but yeah I mean it's it's really cool too and like that's the thing is like especially being an entrepreneur like doing your thing it's really busy and you kind of just have to have your people that get it because like you probably know this more than anyone it's like you can't you're not always going to be with people 24 7 and like you got to be able to pick up where you left off because things get kind of (laughs) crazy Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of energy for sure. So do you have a favorite event you've done or maybe a film you've worked on or um, a segment, anything like that? Is there something that really stands out to you since you've started Half the Story? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that some of the early days were some of my favorite when it was just like me like Skyping young people and hearing their stories. But I will say that brain food and the show was like so memorable for me. And it was also so amazing because we had such a diverse cast and it was really fantastic to be able to intimately get to know each and every one of those people um, and their stories and sort of how mental health affects different people at, you know, different stages of their life from different backgrounds. And like that was just so powerful for me to be, you know, immersed in a group of people that you know, we're so different from me, but also we're so connected through mental health as, you know, the the narrative. And I think that's what I love about the mental health space is that there's so many reasons in the world for you to shut people out and people do it all the time. And, you know, when you work in mental health, it's like the first thing you do is introduce yourself. The second thing you do is kind of talk about why you're interested in it and what your personal connection is to it. And and like there really is no other industry like that. I mean, I'm sure there is, but it's, you know, it's more about this like authenticity and this ability to break through all of the preconceived notions that you have about someone. Right. And do you have a different friend group now that you've started half the story? Have the people who are with you from the beginning stayed? And how are your friends and family when it comes to support when you made this huge shift in your career life? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've i always been a, big, a bit of a risk taker. And it was like very much so like a um, challenging journey in the beginning because I never really like fit into like the worlds that I was in, um, whether that be in college or in high school. And you know, I always sort of had big dreams and it was very hard to find other people that I connected with. And it was very lonely in the beginning. Um, but, you know, since moving to New York, I've really found my people and I have a group of, you know, I have friends from college who have, you know, been there for me through the brightest and the darkest of days. Um, But I also have like really surrounded myself with entrepreneurial and open-minded people in New York. And I feel so grateful to have that community. And, you know, I've never really been someone that 
has like a specific crew of friends. Like I have pockets of people, like four people here, four people here, three people here, um, who like I connect with for one reason or another. And I just feel grateful because I just like to surround myself with people with different ideas and professions and, you know, challenges. Cause I think that that's what ultimately like strengthens your ideas and your worldview and, and also just your passions. I do the same thing in high school. I was always a floater. I never had one group of friends. And, and when I did, I, it just didn't, it didn't really feel right. I mean, that's really why I'm starting this podcast. Cause it's to talk with people I'm inspired by in different fields, because I think we can really connect on different levels when we talk to, you know, everyone and, and someone has something to say in a different story, um, no matter what, what their career is. So I, I completely agree with that. And that's the thing. It's like, and also it's just, I care about authentic people. Like I think, you know, especially for you, I can imagine like it's been very hard to sort of navigate who those people are right. um, along the way. And, you know, for me, it has in like a very different way, but I, you know, I just don't keep people around who aren't real. And that's sort of like my first filter is like, are you true to who you are? And if you're not, then like, I can't have you in my life. Like that's it. Um, and, you know, I can help people like, come to you know their truths and their passions and you know their spirits but I I've been burned by too many people that aren't and like I just don't have time for that like that's energy that takes away from creation and connection and you know changing the world yes that's that's so such a good point and I think so many people out there really need to hear that you know because we get stuck in the same routines stuck talking to the same people but if they're really not adding to your life and they're really draining your your positivity, then I agree. It's, it's not worth it. Life is too short for that. So one last question, how can people help half the story? Um, how can we get involved? Is there anything coming up we should know about or just your website, things like that? Give, a, give us the whole scoop, all the information. Yeah. So, you know, I think first and foremost, you know, we are actually working on a resource guide for parents to navigate digital wellness in this era of social isolation with NAMI NYC, which is super exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, you know, we have the Half the Story Instagram page and, um, you know, you can follow along all of our upcoming events and, and activities there at Half the Story. And if you want, you can go to our website, halfthestoryproject.com. And if you feel like supporting the mission and our future to you know, bring digital wellness to the youth and to the masses. That's of course always appreciated as well. But you know, really, just staying in in as staying in the center of the conversation and shifting the narrative, and you know, also just taking you know t taking control of your own behaviors is really what makes me happy. But I, you know, I'm so honored and appreciative to be on this, Kate. It's so fun. I know, I know. We we FaceTimed right before this, and just seeing you was was so great for me. I needed that. Yeah. So we'll have to do it like next weekend or this week or something like I think that's a big thing too it's like it's just like you know also just constantly supporting like other people that have dreams and like bouncing ideas like that's what this is about and that's what this time's about for me too and you know I'm just yeah I'm grateful to have you in my life and I'm excited to see where this podcast takes you you're the greatest thank you so much Lars thank you for connecting with me and I can't wait to chat with you again Yay, me too. You're the best. You're the best. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Bye.